0: Hey there, Crimalholics! It is your host, Kinsey. I'm back this week with another brand new episode. This week, I'm going to take us back to a topic that is very near and dear to our hearts, which is the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women movement. If you are new here, then you might not know... That there is an epidemic that is plaguing Native American women in North America. They are being murdered at a 10 times higher rate than any other race. Back in August of 2020, Holly and I did a month-long segment on MMIW. It is still a topic that we are very passionate about and is one that we always want to continue moving forward with. This week, I will be covering the murder of Olivia Lone Bear. She went missing in October of 2017. Again, it is one of those situations where a Native American woman was found dead and So many agencies stepped up in the beginning, but not a single one of them did any type of follow through to find out who had murdered Olivia. There was just so many odd things about her disappearance and her death that basically screamed murder. But again, not a single agency stepped up to find out who was responsible for her death. Olivia Lone Bear was from Newtown, North Dakota, on the Fort Berthold Indian Reservation. This reservation is a very large reservation. It is close to a million acres. Olivia lived there with her family, and her family described her as a girl who was very sociable. She had a lot of friends. She was outgoing. She was always there to have a good time. But Olivia was also a very family-oriented person. Olivia did eventually end up leaving Newtown, North Dakota to go to school to study several different things out in California. However, Olivia would eventually decide that she wanted to return back to Newtown, North Dakota. I am sure that the majority of you are not very familiar with this area in North Dakota, so I want to talk a little bit about it before we move any further because, one, I think it might be able to help us understand a little bit better about what happened here, and two, because it is a topic that I have always wanted to talk about when covering the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women movement. Newtown, North Dakota is the basic primary access for the pipeline that runs down through North Dakota. That also brings in oil fields and oil rigs, and what comes with that is a thing called a man camp. I had no idea that these man camps even existed until a few years ago when I went back to school and it became a topic in one of my classes. I had the opportunity to research what a man camp was, and I was absolutely blown away and astonished about the things that were taking place in these man camps. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Most Native American women that you talk to will tell you that these man camps is what is happening to their women, and they have absolutely every right to feel that way. While researching these man camps, I had read several articles from people who had resided in these man camps saying that there was a lot of Native American women and children who were being sex trafficked there throughout the camps. And majority of the time, it was not Native American people who were responsible for selling their own people into sex trafficking. It was typically uh, any other race besides a Native American. When I was living in South Dakota, I was a foster parent. And one of the things that I had learned being a foster parent is that A lot of the children that were in foster care in South Dakota at some point had been sold for sex up in a man camp on the pipeline. It's absolutely horrible. They had at some point been rescued from this and brought into foster care. So like I said, every Native American woman has the right to feel that these man camps are a huge danger to their women. These man camps, the pipeline, the oil rigs, oil fields, they had caused Newtown to become a very unsafe area. Olivia had worked at multiple different locations there in Newtown. She worked at a casino at one point. She had also worked at a pub saloon type restaurant, and she would typically work late into the evening. And after every shift, A security guard or other men on her shift would have to walk out her and the other women to their cars to make sure that they were making it to them safely because there have been multiple, multiple situations where women had been assaulted or some type of violent act was done to them because of people that were working on the pipeline or in the oil fields or on the oil rigs. And it's just sad. No woman should ever have to live in fear to the point where they're having to be escorted to their car every single night after work just to make sure that they're going to make it home alive. And it was so important for Olivia to make it home safe because at the time of her disappearance and death, she had five small children. Everybody who knew Olivia said that she was a very nurturing mother. She would get up every single morning with her kids, get them ready for school, get them off to school when they would come home from school. She was always in tune with her kids and their feelings and she always did everything she could to make sure that her kids had every single thing they needed and bless her heart because I have just one child and I know how much it can be on you so the fact that she was a single mother of five kids and was doing such an amazing job says a lot about who she is Given that Olivia had five small children, her family stated to BBC Network that she didn't really go out too much. They said that she did have a lot of friends and that she was outgoing. She was a very big social butterfly, but going out and partying and hanging out at the bars was just not her thing. She just wanted to be at home with her kids. One of Olivia's close friends is an older male who often stepped up to the plate when Olivia would need help. One thing that he would allow her to do often was to borrow his truck, for whatever reason. If it was to go get groceries, to run errands, pick up her kids from school, use the truck to have some time away from herself from the house, he didn't care. He wanted to make sure that he could always be there for Olivia. So on October 24, 2017, Olivia gives him a call and asks if she could borrow his truck. He tells her yes, he brings the truck to her house, and Olivia leaves her residence. It is unknown exactly what her reasoning was for using his truck. But one thing that they do know is at some point on the 24th, Olivia had stopped at a place called the Sportsman's Bar. They don't know if she was meeting somebody there, if she's hanging out with her friends, or really what the exact reason for Olivia being there was. But as a mom, I can kind of speculate that maybe Olivia needed some time away from the home. She just wanted to cool off a little bit, have some time to herself. So she goes over to the sportsman's bar, hangs out for a little bit, and then decides to go home. On the evening of October 24th, 2017, her family arrives home and sees that Olivia's cell phone, her wallet, her debit card, and the clothes that she had been seen wearing earlier that day were at the home, but Olivia was nowhere to be found. And this is not like Olivia because at this point it's pretty late in the day. And her kids have already arrived home. And as we know, Olivia is a very good mother. She wouldn't just not be there for her kids. The 25th comes by and Olivia is still not home. So her brother Malachi goes online and starts asking on Facebook, has anybody seen Olivia? She did not return home last night. This is not like her. Has anybody seen? Has anybody heard from her? Please let us know. Everybody says, We've not seen her. We've not seen her since early on the 24th. And this sends her family into a complete panic because you would think that if you reach out on Facebook and Olivia has all these friends and people know her in town, that maybe somebody over the last 24 hours would have seen her. Her family decides that on the 26th, when they still have not heard from Olivia, they're going to go ahead and file a missing persons report. But if you've been listening to our episodes for some time now, when we cover MMIW, you know that not a single one of these cases has ever been met with any type of urgency, and that's exactly what happened in Olivia's case. You would think that with the area of Newtown not being so good because of the pipeline, the oil rigs, and oil fields, that when a woman goes missing you would kind of step up pretty quickly and say okay let's do what we can to try and locate her but that's not the case at all it's the same situation in olivia's case that it is when any other native american woman goes missing they basically tell the family just wait a few days she's probably out somewhere with her friends partying i'm sure she'll turn up in a few days but of course she did not at all and there was no trace of her at all not a trace of her not a trace of her friend's truck. And her family is starting to get really worried. So just like every other Native American family, they start taking things into their own hands because they know that when a Native American woman goes missing, time is of the essence. Olivia's family does not back down from law enforcement and they do not stay quiet. They beg and plead with law enforcement to step up and try to help find Olivia. Law enforcement finally agrees that something seems off and they're going to try and do what they can to find her. However, once this takes place, things get extremely messy and extremely tricky in her case. About six different agencies had gotten involved with the search for Olivia and you would think that this would be a good thing because most of the time when this happens, all of these different organizations will get together and they will work as a team to try and find a missing person or try to solve the case. However, that was not the situation in Olivia's disappearance at all whatsoever. All of these agencies begin to basically point the finger at one another and basically play some type of blame game. And they would tell Olivia's family, oh, no, 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 this agency is going to be in charge of finding Olivia. And then they would go to that agency and that agency would tell them, no, that's not us. That's not our jurisdiction. You need to go to this agency and see what they can do to help you because we don't have our hands on this case and we're not allowed to. This is somebody's daughter and this is somebody's life at stake here. And every single one of these agencies should be coming together to help find Olivia, not work against each other. But again, it seems like that is the trend in almost every single missing and murdered indigenous women case. Nobody wants to step up to help find them. They just want to point the finger. Very close to Olivia's home there in Newtown, there was a lake called Lake Sacacawea. And this lake is a very, very large lake. Her family had been pushing and pushing and pushing for agencies and different organizations to search that lake to hopefully maybe find some trace of Olivia. But every single organization and every single agency that they had talked to told them that they had no reason to believe that Olivia was in that lake and they did not want to use their resources to look. How in the hell can you look at a family member in the face whose loved one is missing and tell them, basically, I'm sorry, but your daughter is not worth our resources. I can never imagine how horrible that would feel as a mother to hear somebody say that about my child. Because all of these organizations had pretty much told Olivia's family there was nothing they were going to be able to do, her family had taken the search for her back into their own hands and had a lot of help from their local community. Throughout the months, her and her local community would organize their own search parties, go out on that million acre reservation, and search up and down for Olivia. But as months went on, Nothing was turning up. And how does a whole person and a truck just vanish without a trace? It's impossible. It doesn't happen. Somebody somewhere knows something. In the summer of 2018, they had decided that they wanted to go ahead and search the lake for Olivia. And this would be the first time that the lake had actually ended up being searched. Some of the community members that were involved with helping Olivia had the resources and the tools needed to be able to search a lake to find what they were looking for. So on July 31st, 2018, the local community in the search party had went out to Lake Sacacawea, and they had gotten in their boats, they were examining the lake, and later in the day, they would end up finding Olivia Lone Bear inside of that gray Chevy Silverado that she had borrowed from her friend. For nine months, Olivia's body had been in the one place her family had pushed and pushed for law enforcement to search. They told her family, we have no reason to search there. We're not going to waste our resources. For nine months, Olivia's body had been less than a mile from her home. And what's most heartbreaking about this entire situation is that when they pulled the truck out of the water, Olivia was found sitting in the passenger seat with the seatbelt buckled and there was not anyone else in that truck, which means somebody drove that truck into the water and they are responsible for Olivia's death. They did an autopsy on Olivia and her death came back undetermined. That's not an uncommon situation when a Native American woman is found dead. Law enforcement, like most other cases, basically washed their hands of Olivia's case. There has been no follow-up, there has been almost no investigation, and there has not been a single person uh, named as a person of interest in her death. It's unacceptable, and somebody out there needs to be held responsible for her death. There is five young children out there who never had a mother come home. There is a big family out there who would like answers about what happened to their loved one. It would have been impossible for Olivia to drive that truck into the water herself being strapped into the passenger seat. Somebody drove that truck into the water and left Olivia there decaying in the water and they never looked back. Olivia's family and the community believe that it is a possibility that somebody who was residing in these man camps or was working on the pipeline or in these oil fields may have been the person responsible for Olivia's death. But until a thorough investigation is done, that is never going to happen. It is so frustrating every single time when I cover one of these MMIW cases, knowing that law enforcement just stepped away. And nothing's been done. It just kills me to know that there is a whole family out there and five children who have no idea what happened to their daughter, their mother, their sister, their cousin. And it is likely that they will never find out in that Olivia and her family will never get justice. It just pisses me off to my core. Makes me so frustrated. Olivia deserves justice. And I'm hoping that by us continuing to share Olivia's story and get her name out there, that maybe one day somebody somewhere will step up and give law enforcement some information about what happened that day. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join a Crimeholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or join us on Instagram where I will have pictures of Olivia posted. It is so important to keep telling these missing and murdered Indigenous women stories because, again, they are being murdered at a 10 times higher rate than any other race. Something has got to change, and here at Crimeholics, we will continue to share their stories until something changes. Crimeholics, as always, be aware and take care.